and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. Uh, before we start today's show, I just want to say that there's a lot happening in the world right now. Uh, I personally am feeling pretty overwhelmed and stressed. Um, in fact, the past few years have been hard on many people, and I just want to acknowledge that it's okay to feel unsure or scared, and um, we're lucky that we have quilting to ease our minds and keep our hands busy. Um, I know I've found myself sitting in my sewing room a lot more recently, um, sometimes sewing, sometimes just daydreaming of projects, and you know, sometimes just hiding from the world by surrounding myself with the things I love. So I just want to let everyone know that if you need a quilting friend, I'm here, so feel free to email me at any time at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Um, I can be an ear to listen, I can be a cheerleader for a project you're working on, uh, and I can even be a resource if you're looking to connect with other quilters online or uh, charity groups. So just know that you can always reach out. And I'm just so glad that you're making the time to tune into this podcast, get creative, and prioritize your hobby. That's really important, and you all deserve that. Okay, so let's move on to a less serious topic. Bias edges. Have you had to work with bias edges before? I work with them most often if I'm cutting triangles for a project. Um, but some people cut bias binding strips too. That's another common one. But bias edges are any edges of a piece of fabric cut at an angle of 45 degrees to the selvage. And because of how the fabric is woven, bias edges are much more prone to stretching and distorting, which can cause problems if you're not careful working with them. So today I want to share some tips. First, consider spraying your fabric with starch before cutting your pieces. So starch helps your fabric keep its shape and it makes it a little stiffer so that you can cut and sew those pieces a little easier. I find that my starched pieces hold up better and don't ravel as much, so I definitely make the effort to starch before cutting triangles. Now once your pieces are cut, you only want to move them as necessary. So like I said earlier, bias edges are stretchy and they easily can become misshapen if you handle them too much. So here's what I like to do. I take a small cutting mat and set it down next to you know my bigger cutting mat. And when I'm done cutting the pieces, I'll carefully transfer them to my extra cutting mat and then I can use the cutting mat to move them around my sewing room, such as you know, to my sewing machine or to my ironing board. And that way they stay as intact as possible, even while I'm moving them around my room. So when you're sewing pieces with bias edges, 
you may want to consider using pins, especially if the piece is bigger. So because of the stretching of bias edges, pins just help keep the pieces in place and lined up with any other pieces you're sewing together. And if you're not a fan of pins, wonder clips work really well too. And because triangles are a common shape with bias edges, um, if you're sewing two triangles together, I always like to start sewing at the 90 degree angle of those triangles, not the triangle points. So starting with that 90 degree angle will keep your stitches smooth um, and will prevent the sewing machine from sucking that point into the machine. In fact, really anytime I can keep from sewing starting at a point or even a bulky seam, I'll do it. So it really makes a difference to start a seam off smoothly if you can. And lastly, when you're pressing pieces or sewn units with bias edges, don't drag the iron across the piece. Pick it up, set the iron back down to avoid stretching the fabric. And it is recommended to not use steam, which can cause further distortion of the fabric, but I am a huge fan of steam, so I'm just extra careful when I press my pieces. And one more note, uh, if you're cutting a lot of pieces that are, you know, and you're really struggling with your bias edges stretching, or they're not aligning with other pieces correctly, you can back your fabric with a fusible lightweight interfacing before cutting. And that fusible interfacing can be left in your quilt with no problems. Um, it can be washed in your washing machine. Um, really the point is just that it stabilizes your fabrics to make the whole process easier. So I hope these tips help the next time you're working with a bias edges in your projects. And if you're interested in trying them, our quilt along that just started a few weeks ago has these kind of triangle shapes in them. So you will get a lot of practice if you join in. So I will link to the quilt along in our show notes if you want more details. And now we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing tips from our listeners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It's time for reader tips now, and I have an assortment of things to share that our listeners emailed into me. First, I got a great tip from Felicia from Reno, Nevada, and she says, I want to share something that I do with these small, thin scraps of fabric. I use the strips to tie up plants in my house and my garden. I love seeing the glimpses of fabric as the plants grow. I just love this idea. Uh, I am an avid gardener and, and you know, I'm patiently waiting for that Midwest weather to cooperate a little more so I can start thinking about my vegetable garden. But 
I uh, throw those skinny strips of fabric, especially when I cut off those selvages, um, I throw them away often. So I love the idea of adding color to my plants and my yard by using these strips to tie my plants up. So great idea. Next, I asked our listeners um, on episode 546, um, of the podcast to send me the products that changed your life. And I got a few emails I wanted to share. So Steph says, my favorite product would be my extra large stripology ruler. It makes cutting so quick. Chris says, for me, the product that changed my quilting life is definitely the rotary cutter and mat. I have been quilting for a long time, over 35 years, and I remember when rotary cutters hit the market. I went to a Quilt Guild project night where a small group of us were going to sit around and cut out simple charity quilt kits to give out to the members to sew together at home. I brought along my rotary cutter and mat and started to cut fabrics, and the others in the room were amazed. Their eyes got big. They had never seen such a thing. They were all still drawing around cardboard templates and then cutting the pieces with scissors. Wow, times have changed. Ellie says, Of course, like so many of your listeners, there are so many tools that have made a significant difference during my continual quilting journey. But I will narrow it down to one, my Fonz and Porter design wall. I have it displayed on the wall directly behind where I sew. I am able to have a visual display no matter what I am working on, be it a mug rug, quilt blocks, and of course, entire quilt blocks placed together. It's so much easier to take pictures of my ongoing projects too. I even use it now to baste my quilts, and it never ceases to amaze me how the fabric adheres to the design wall. I highly encourage anyone who has the wall space to get a design wall. And Allison says, the Quilted Hearts Binding Ease was a total game changer for me. I hate making binding pretty much from start to finish. I can't believe how quickly I can press even very long binding strips and not fight with them sliding off the ironing board. So I will link to these specific products in these show notes so that you can check them out more. And lastly, I wanted to give a shout out to Melanie Hayes of The Outdoor Quilter. So you may remember back in October, I think, we shared her tip about using outdoor fabrics to make barn quilt style blocks that you can hang and display indoors. We loved this tip so much um, since we've never really heard of anyone doing something like that. And later we actually featured a picture of her quilt in our magazine. Well, Melanie and I have kept in touch since then, and she also started making really beautiful outdoor banners that you can hang from your mailbox that feature different pieced blocks for each season. And she just opened her Etsy shop to sell the basic patterns for that outdoor fabric quilt and the outdoor fabric banners. And I'm just so excited for her. So if you heard her tip on the podcast and you were interested in finding out more or, you know, supporting a fellow podcast listener, we'll link to her Etsy shop in the show notes. I got a peek of the patterns and they're really easy to understand and great for customizing it for whatever block and style you love. So congrats, Melanie. 
And thanks for all our podcast listeners who email in. I just love hearing from you and cheering you on with whatever you're working up now. We have just the best podcast community, and I love that we can all be there for each other each week. So speaking of quilters helping others, I'm now handing the mic off to Allison for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share the amazing things quilters are doing for their communities. Take it away, Allison. The Busy Needles Quilt Guild in Georgia is aptly named. They're constantly making and donating to charities in need. There are between 30 and 40 members of the guild that have a variety of talents, from quilting to knitting to crochet. Their mission is to use their creative talents to put smiles on people's faces. Shelley Huber, one of the guild members, said, Quilting and doing these projects means something different for each member. Some do it for stress relief, some do it for PTSD because it gives them something to focus on, and some do it simply for the love of quilting. Of course, the making process is also enjoyable because members know that they're using their talents to benefit the community. The group typically works on a particular project every month, ranging in size from crib to king. In April, they're hosting a sew-in to do community projects. In May, they're working on memory pillows, and in June, they have a lecture on long-arm quilting. The guild also holds classes and shares techniques with one another to help participants improve their abilities. The group welcomes all quilters, regardless of their proficiency. You don't have to be a great sewer or quilter to be a member of the guild. You just have to have the heart, said Melody Mills, guild treasurer. Kayla Peterson, the guild president, said members always enjoy learning new ways to hone their skills. Busy Needles Quilt Guild has donated handmade items to charities such as Quilt of Valor, Southern Grace Hospice, Haven House, A Friend's House, Project Linus, and more. It just brings such joy to realize that once you're finished with it, somebody's going to be able to wrap up with it and be warm, said Melody. Seniors will be able to have Christmas stockings filled with goodies, and hospitalized children will get fun pillowcases to make their hospital stays a little brighter. The Guild maintains excellent relationships with local charity chapters, and their continuous generosity doesn't go unnoticed. Barbara Means is the Georgia coordinator at Ryan's Case for Smiles, which provides pillowcases for pediatric units for 10 hospitals in the state. In 2021, the Guild donated 140 pillowcases to the organization. Barbara said, it's a very generous donation. I'm happy to have partnered with them. The kids love them and the parents love them. A pillowcase seems very simple, but it provides a lot of emotional support and comfort for the children. The children really react very positively to the pillowcases. The Georgia chapter of the ALS Association has also been a recipient of the Guild's handmade quilts. These donations are particularly useful when a person with ALS becomes immobile or uses a power wheelchair. Sarah Embro, the executive director of the Georgia chapter, said, Quilts have a new meaning because you use them more frequently. They are not only a source of warmth, but also comfort. Patients are appreciative and surprised that a group of people who don't know them are supporting them. The Busy Needles Quilt Guild is full of creative and talented members looking to spread joy to as many people as possible. Their versatility and drive to create 
not only quilts, but stockings, pillowcases, and more, just goes to show how much they care about different people in their community. Hey, it's Lindsay. Thank you so much to Allison for sharing the story of the Busy Needles Quilt Guild. Uh, they sound like they're making just a really huge difference for a lot of people and great for them for putting their talents to such good use. So we're going to take a quick ad break now, but when we get back, we're sharing how to get that crinkle look in your quilts. Welcome back. Now it's time for Back to Basics, a segment where we share tips and tricks about a sewing tool or a technique. And today I want to talk about the crinkle quilts get when they're washed. Do you know what I mean by this? It's that like soft, worn, snuggly look a quilt has. Um, you'll often find it in older quilts. But I love that crinkle so much that I set myself up for success when I'm making quilts to purposely get that look in my quilt. So recently I made a large throw quilt uh, that measured about 80 by 90 inches and I posted a picture of it on my Instagram and I told people I was going to wash it to get the crinkle effect and then showed them what it looked like after and told them how much my quilt shrunk to get that look. And it shrunk about four inches in width and in length and people were shocked. And I had so many Instagram messages from people who did not realize that the crinkle look happens when you, you basically take size off the quilt. So I wanted to share the details of the process with you all in case you wanted to get this look yourself. Firstly, you want to use cotton batting. So you'll see on the batting package, the information, um, that it usually says how much shrinkage you can plan on when you're washing a quilt that has this batting inside. So for cotton backings, it's usually between three to 5% shrinkage, which for that large throw quilt like I made equals about four inches in length, and actually polyester battings resist shrinking. So if you want the crinkle, you should opt for a cotton batting. Um, my favorite batting to use is Warman Company, um, their naturals batting. Um, and of course, if you're making a quilt to fit a specific size space, such as your bed or um, sometimes charity quilts have specific uh, size requirements, you want to account for this shrinkage. So that just may mean adding maybe like a slightly wider border to keep the length on the quilt, but in many cases, a few inches probably won't make the biggest difference for most uses of a quilt. Second, don't pre-wash and dry your fabrics or batting. So I never pre-wash either of these items, but I know many quilters like to. And you want your fabric and batting to be able to shrink for the first time around your machine quilting stitches. Now, if you're concerned about a fabric bleeding, that is a totally different case. Uh, please pre-wash that fabric, but consider laying the fabric to dry versus using heat to dry it. So you want to keep the shrinking to a minimal until it's sewed into your quilt. And lastly, you get the best crinkle with more machine quilting. 
So the more places the batting and the fabric can shrink and bunch up around machine quilting stitches, the more of that crinkle effect you'll get. You just want to leave a little space for shrinking though. So if you're, if you're quilting a quilt so tightly that the fabric can't move, you won't notice as much shrinking. So I usually do quilting lines. Uh, it could be anywhere from half an inch to maybe about three and three and a half inches apart. That's just how I quilt my quilts. And I see the best crinkle effect on my quilts in the, the two to three inch range of space between quilting lines. So I like to opt for that kind of spacing if I know I want a good crinkle effect in my quilts. And then to get the actual crinkle, I personally wash my quilt in cold water. Um, some people say warm water, um, but I still get nervous about running dyes in my fabric, so I always do cold water. And then I dry it in the dryer on a low heat until it's almost dry, and then I let it air dry the rest of the way. And that just helps to avoid overheating the fabrics, which can cause damage. And I always get a crinkle with this method, um, just cold water, low heat dry, and then air dry the rest of the way, and I always get a great crinkle. So I hope you give this technique a try if you're interested. I just love the way that crinkle makes my quilts look and feel. Um, just so snugly. Okay, now I'm going to hand the mic over to Jody for what's trending on Instagram. So take it away, Jody. This is Jody Sanders. A trend that I've noted recently on Instagram is the use of monochromatic, creamy whites, and beiges as the only colors being used to make a quilt. It's a departure from the rainbow of color that we've seen in the last few years. If you've been quilting a while or attended a quilting class, you most likely were taught to choose a dark, medium, and light color for good contrast in your quilts. So this idea of using this monochromatic group um, may go against what you've been doing in the past. The trend of using white, cream, beige, with maybe just a touch of dove gray as the only colors in your quilt seems to be most successful when construction is in pieces that are made of squares, rectangles, and triangles. The subtle differences in fabric show up best when pieces are well-defined and a little larger in scale. Now, there's not to say that there aren't small quilts that are using this color palette as well. I have seen some of those, but it seems that most of those actually have a difference in technique within the quilt itself. So for example, instead of having only piecing, there may also be tucks or pleats in the quilt or ruching, the use of embroidery floss or pearl cotton to embellish certain areas, or trapunto or stuffed work might be added. They're almost like little sampler pieces. And in these pieces is more about the texture. Well, like with any trend, it may be just a wide pendulum swing away from the previous trends of saturated rainbow brights. But it also could be that we're in a time of reflection and low contrast quilts are very soothing, cozy, and restful. Finally, it also could be the popularity of the farmhouse decorating trend. 
This may be influencing people to make quilts that can accessorize with that kind of decor. Thanks so much, Jody. I'll have to be on a lookout for that trend. Before we leave the show today, I just wanted to remind all of our listeners to please leave our podcast a rating and review if you haven't already. It really helps other quilters find us, and it really just boosts our morale in the office to know that people are loving to listen. So the easiest way to do this is to open the Apple Podcasts app on your phone, uh, search for American Patchwork and Quilting, click on our picture, and then when you scroll down, you will see a ratings and review section, and you can click a button that says, write a review. And you know me, I love to send prizes out to people that leave a review. I have a great stack of prizes I'm just waiting to give away. So um, if you're interested and you love the show, it would really mean a lot to us if you left a rating and review. Thank you so much. Uh, everyone have a great week, and I will talk to you all next week. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us have a creative week.